Hello, church. How are we? Yeah, good to see everyone, right? Uh, hopefully, I can see all of you. Um, so, my name is Eric. Um, I'll be teaching from the Bible today. I'm really, really excited to be here, right? You can see I'm all jumping, so <laughs> that's, that's really good. Um, so, we will be finishing from uh, the series on the move, right? I know last week, John... Uh, Said that was the end of it, uh, but then I want to add one more, right? So finally, finally, uh, hopefully we can um, sort of wrap it up today. Uh, But going through Acts, right, um, it's it's been awesome going through the book of Acts. Um, If you remember Acts chapter 1, right, the disciples, there were only 120 of them, right, 120 of them. Um, and, and this series on the move is just reminded me of how God is always on the move, right? 120 people scared, afraid, not knowing how things will turn out, right? 2,000 years later, we have more than 2 billion people that in some form or fashion, right, identify with the name of Jesus. And it hasn't been through guns, right? It hasn't been through force or coercion, but it's been through God's spirit on the move, God's church on the move, God's people on the move, right? So um, pretty awesome to sort of to be able to see that, right? And I, as we've always done, if, if you let him, right, if you allow God's Holy Spirit, he'll be on the move in your life. He'll be on the move in your family. He'll be on the move in our community, right? He will be on the move in, in your life absolutely. Um, last week, John uh, talked from Acts chapter 23. Um, if you haven't listened, um, hopefully you go listen, right? That was a really, really good message that, that he preached. Um, I remember the verse 6 where he said, it is with respect to the hope and the resurrection of the dead, that I am on trial. And he spoke eloquently about how the resurrection power, right, should drive everything we do as, as individuals, as a church, as a community, uh, even as, as a nation. Today we'll be in Acts 24, okay? So today we'll be continuing the series from Acts 24. So if you follow clearly, uh, we see that Paul was... Um, taken to prison, some people plotted to kill him, right? And somehow uh, his sister's son heard of it, uh, told the the soldiers at the time, and uh, they ended up transporting Paul overnight to Caesarea, right? So a lot of what we'll look at today uh, sort of um, focus on that, where Paul is now in Caesarea. He's still in prison. Uh, Felix um, has, uh, so the... Um, the leaders in Jerusalem, they've, they've made all these accusations, but Felix knows better, so he didn't really buy uh, what they were saying. And, and so, um, so, so our discussion would take it from where Paul had this private conversation with Felix, the governor. Okay, so that's kind of where we would be. Um, so I'll read, right, from Acts 24, uh, 22 to 27, and then we'll pray, and, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll dig in, right? So let me, let me do that, and then we can get going. So Acts 24, uh, 22. But Felix, having a rather accurate knowledge of the way, pulled them off, saying, when Lysias, the tribune, comes down, I will decide your case. Then he gave orders to the centurion that he should be kept in custody. 
but have some liberty, and that none of his friends should be prevented from attending to his needs. After some days, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, and he sent for Paul and had him speak about faith in Christ Jesus, right, faith in Christ Jesus. 25, and as he reasoned about righteousness and self-control and the coming judgment, Felix was alarmed and said, go away for the present. When I get an opportunity, I will summon you. At the same time, he hoped that money would be given him by Paul. So he sent for him often and conversed with him. When two years had elapsed, Felix was succeeded by uh, Portius Festus and desiring to do the Jews a favor. Felix left Paul in prison. Um, so let, let's pray. Right, then we'll, we'll kind of take a... Um, Our Father, we give you praise one more time. Uh, Jesus, your breath in our lungs allows us to be able to speak, allows us to live, allows us to do all the different things we do. And, and Jesus, this morning, we praise you. This morning, Lord, as, as individuals, as a church, as your people, we honor you. Lord, we just give you glory, God. We bless your name, Jesus, because you're worthy. You're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our honor. You're worthy of our thanks. Because, Lord, you are so good. You are so kind. You are so gracious. You're so merciful. And I thank you, Lord, in particular, that you've allowed us to see how good you are, to experience how good you are, to taste and see that, Jesus, you are awesome. We give you praise. We give you thanks. Lord, so we've gathered in your name. If you're not here, we don't have a church. If you're not here, Lord, it's, it's just noise and it means nothing. But Lord, when you are there, it means a lot. Then it transforms and it changes and it, it makes us into the men and women you do want us to. So Lord, even this morning as we sort of shout, Lord, would you move in our hearts through the power of your word? The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. And we pray for that. We pray, Jesus, that as we look at your word, that it speaks to us, that it awakens us, that, that it empowers us, Lord, for the things that you call each one of us to. We give you praise. We give you honor. Lord, we thank you. I thank you for the promise that we preach not ourselves. <laughs> because, Lord, what, what do I have to preach about me? I can't even talk well. But thank you that Jesus, you are the one we proclaim. You are the one we talk about because you are worthy of, of, of our worship, because you are the one that gives lives and salvation and, and deliverance and transforms us into the men and women you do want us to become. So Lord, we thank you. So Lord, we honor you. Thank you that you are here that you are here, that you're walking among us, you're moving among us. Thank you, Lord, that you are here. We give you praise, our God. We bless your name, Jesus, and we just thank you. Again, just be lifted up, our Father. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, so um, I have a question. So Brandon would always ask this insightful question. So um, how many of you remember having unpleasant or uncomfortable conversations? Right? I know we, <laughs> at some point we all do, right? Uh, really, really difficult conversations. So I remember um, a, a few weeks ago, uh, one of our boys 
asked us about going to the prom. <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's one conversation we, we, we don't want to have, right? Um, I'll, I'll leave it at that there for now, right? Other difficult conversations I've remembered having, so I coached soccer at the middle school, and we had tryouts in, in, I think, in February. And one of the most difficult things to do is to call some of those young men and tell them you didn't make the team, right? That's, that's really tough. That's really tough. Difficult conversations. Oh, I remember uh, going to lunch with a colleague of mine. We had a good time talking about everything else. But when it came to talking about Jesus, that was so hard, right? Difficult conversations. Um, and so I just want to even give you a challenge to begin with, right, before we, we get into the message. I want to challenge you to, to this coming week to make it a point to have a conversation about Jesus with somebody, right? Because we can talk about sports, you know, Braves, Falcons, we like soccer, so Manchester United, all of those stuff. But we just so hesitate to talk about Jesus with, with folks that we claim we love and care about, right? And I can tell you, um, just reading from Acts, right, this Acts 24, we see how Paul had this difficult conversation, uncomfortable, awkward, with Felix to the point that Felix said, no, enough for now, right? Enough for now, right? Can you imagine telling your boss, right, about Jesus, right? Someone who is maybe the president of the United States, right, having the opportunity to talk to them about Jesus. Um, I pray that God will help all of us to get over the uneasiness about sharing Jesus with others, right? I pray God will help us do that. I pray the Lord will, will, will help us not to get uncomfortable when, when it comes to talking about Jesus. Having said that, a lot of what we're going to be talking about this morning will be pretty hard, right? Um, I mean, you've, you've read it, you've seen it, and I'm going to dig in a bit, right? I, I, pray, I pray that God would help us not to feel such an ease, right? Because some of the things Paul discussed with this guy can, can make you feel uneasy. I, I pray that you don't, you don't feel that. Okay, so my main message will mostly be 25 and 26, right? I mean, will mostly be 25 and 26. After some days, Phyllis came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, and he sent for Paul and heard him speak about faith in Christ. And as he reasoned about righteousness and self-control and coming judgment, Felix was alarmed and said, go away for the present. When I get an opportunity, I will summon you, right? So a lot of what we're going to be talking about the next uh, probably 25 minutes is, is going to really focus in on Paul's private message to Felix, right? So when we look at 24, Paul, it, it says that Paul talked to him about faith in Christ. So that's the first thing I want us to discuss, faith in Christ faith in Christ. Jesus is the object of our worship, right? You know that without Jesus, we have no salvation, no sin forgiven, right? We'll still be under God's wrath, no reconciliation, no peace, no reception of the Holy Spirit. Faith in Christ, right? Faith in Christ. When we do have the chance to talk to people, right, it should be about faith in Christ. 
faith in Christ, not faith in some government, right? I know people have faith in a lot of things. Faith in some religion, right? A lot of churches don't talk about Christ anymore, right? They gather, they still have fellowship, they still have fun, but not about faith in Christ, right? Not some faith in some religious leader, some faith in some world leader or president or queen or whoever. Not faith in some worldly philosophy, right? Not faith in some ancestors, because some people do that. Not faith in even chemists, right? Or biochemists, or physicians, or wise men of our time. Not some faith in some celebrity. You know, that would come, right? Justin Bieber, (laughs) or Chuck Norris. You know, I like him, right? But not even him, right? Or Rambo, right? Or Michael B. Jordan, or, or whatever celebrity athlete, right? Not faith in them. Faith in Christ, right? As a church, when we take Christ out, we have no church, right? No wonder lots of churches have gone the way of the world, right? They meet, they still have faith, but there is no life, right? There is no life. There's there's, there's no salvation because it's become a lot of things rather than faith in Christ. And, And Paul, having the opportunity to sit with this guy, couldn't hesitate to tell him about faith in Christ. Right? Faith in Christ. I tell you as a church, the day we deviate from faith in Christ, we'll be dead, right? We might still live, we might still breathe, but we'll be dead. We'll go away from our purpose and our mission, right? Faith in Christ, right? And, and I pray that for us as a church, as God's people, right? No matter how long that this church lives, that, uh, you know, our generation passes and new generation comes, that faith in Christ is still the thing we preach, right? Uh, maybe we can talk about social justice, but <laughs> it's not the main thing, right? We can talk about being nice and good. That's not the main thing. We can talk about good life. That's not the main thing. The main thing is faith in Christ, right? That's the main thing. We can't go away from that, right? We can talk about making the world better, right? Let's clean it up. All of that is great, but it's all about faith in Christ. Let me tell you a few things why Jesus, right? Why faith in Christ? Why faith in Christ? Um, Let's go to Hebrews chapter 1, right? Uh, I'll just read it, right? Hebrews chapter 1. I'm reading the entire chapter. Hebrews 1, right? It's 14 verses. Long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to us, to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the hell of all things. Through him also, he created the world. You see, that's Jesus. Through Jesus, God created the whole world, right? Everything. And I can tell you, the more we know about the world, the the more we realize how complex and and how, how different it is, right? All of that through Jesus. He's the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, right? You see Jesus, you see God, right? That's why we preach faith in Christ. He upholds the, the universe, right, by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of their majesty on high. You take away faith in Christ, we have no salvation. You're, you're, you're still in your sins. Having become as much superior to angels, as the name he has inherited is more excellent than, than theirs. You know, many people worship angels. 
You know, people are enamored with angels, enthralled with them. Jesus is greater. Jesus is mightier. Jesus created angels, right? He's the reason we focus on him, right? You take him out, you have, you have trouble. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels wings, and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. This is God the Father saying this about God the Son. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of right uprightness. Right? That's God the Father saying about God the Son. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And you, Lord, lay the foundation of the earth in the beginning. And the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will wear out like a garment, like a robe. Like a robe, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will have no end. And to which of the angels did he ever say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Guys, that's Jesus, right? That's Jesus. That's Jesus. It's the reason we talk about faith in Christ, right? It's, 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 it's the reason uh, Brandon and anyone who comes up here makes that our main focus, right? Faith in Christ. Let me read to you this poem, right? Uh, probably you, you might have read it before uh, by James Allen Francis about Jesus. He was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant. He grew up in another village where he worked in a carpenter's shop until he was 30. Then for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never held, he never had a family or owned a home. He didn't go to college. He never lived in a big city. He never traveled 20 miles from the place where he was born. He did none of the things that usually accompany greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33 when the tide of public opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. One of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies and went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves. While he was dying, his executors gambled for his garments, the only property he, he had on earth. When he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Twenty centuries have come and gone, right? And today he's the central figure of the human race. I am well within the mark when I say that all the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the parliaments that ever sat, all the kings that ever reigned, put together, have not affected the life of man on this earth as much as that one man, Jesus. That's why we preach faith in Christ, right? Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Right. It's the reason we preach faith in Christ. I mean, if you watch Chris and Kelly's video from last week, right? I mean, we've, I knew Chris probably three years ago, but then I got to know him a lot this past year. 
It takes Jesus to do that, right? It takes Jesus to break the power of sin and, and, and addiction on people's lives. It takes Jesus to do that. It's the reason we can never, as God's people, right, move away from that. Not a chance, right? It's the reason we can never afford to move away from faith in Christ. Because if we do, we'll be in a lot of trouble, right? If we do, we'll be in a lot of trouble. Faith in Christ, right? The next thing that Paul talked about, right, back in Acts. Um, so 25 mentioned how, uh, right, verse 25. And as he reasoned, right, reasoning, reasoning with Felix, when was the last time you tried to persuade someone about Christ, right? Make a case for, to persuade, right? To reason with. I can tell you that this is an area that I have to grow in a lot. I'm, I'm, it's an area I'm, I'm learning all the time to, to grow in. So, you know, I, I talked about prom at the beginning. We have a 16-year-old son, and the relationship is changing, Right? It's getting to that point where we, we're learning to reason, right? It's, it's not natural. It's tough, right? Because, though you know, 16-year-olds, they don't know much. They think they know it all, right? <laughs> you, you know, you know they, they think they figure it all out. And, and we're learning to navigate this idea of reason. Yeah, sometimes they still say what your mom and dad says is what it is, right? Reason, right? Here is Paul reasoning with Felix, right? Reason. You know, God's people, we don't do this enough, right? We've run away from the culture, right? We've, we've almost been pushed to the corner. We have no relevance, right? Because we feel like we can't reason with people, right? Because we feel like we can't reason with the world anymore, do you know that in Isaiah, God actually calls out to man, come, let us reason together, right? <laughs> if God is calling, so you can imagine we are the 16-year-olds, right? And God is calling us to come and reason, how about us, right? And I think the biggest difficulty for all of us is because we don't know enough, right? We, and we don't want to know enough. So like our church... You know, we have all sorts of opportunities to train you, right? Jordan has been doing a good job, putting a lot of things together. Brandon has been leading us in a way of making sure that we are equipped and trained, but we don't want to, right? Many of us are not in groups. Many of us, you know, you have all this equipping academy. We don't show up, right? Close the gap. You know, we pick up our Bibles when we want to. What can you share with people, right? We'll rather read about that, uh, that, that magazine that talks about everything in this world. No wonder when we meet, that's all we talk about, right? No wonder that's all we discuss because we have nothing to reason with the world about. Guys, if what we believe is true, we should have a way of being able to talk about it, right? And I can tell you, if you want one and one discipleship, we have... Young men, older men, who want to do that for us, right? Who want to train us so that we can reason with people. This is Paul talking to this guy who is a governor, a Roman governor, you know, like maybe Brian Kemp, right? So he reasoned with him. And, and I pray that, guys, God would help all of us to step up, right? 
to step up. Because if where we all work, right, if we are alive and learning to reason with people, right, I can tell you, again, uh, you know, where we can talk about difficult things and not be angry and our faces not turn red, you get to them someday. You get to them someday, right, that God would help us be able to do that. You know, just thinking about this text reminds me of man, right, the modern man. You know, um, he, he's so unreasonable. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's a fact. Modern man is so unreasonable. He wants to have his cake and eat it too, right? You, they, they are so self-unrighteous. I mean, so self-righteous. But then they know about the secret sins in their own lives, in their own hearts, you know. But then thinking about this text, the flip side of it is, do you think God is unreasonable? I mean, it's, it's the question that I've been asking myself, right? Do we think God is unreasonable? Do we think faith in Christ is unreasonable? If it's not, why can't we make the point that it's reasonable? Right? Because we could do that, right? So Paul reasoned with, with, with Festus, right? Paul reasoned with, with this guy. I, I want to just encourage all of us, right? That again, it's, it's been a very tough message, even for myself, but... I want to encourage us, if you have any question, God is able to answer your questions. You have to give him an honest, fair shot, which many of us don't do, right? Give him an honest, fair shot. And I can tell you, God is not afraid of your questions. And the same to the world, right? That God is not afraid to answer people's tough questions. But would you and I be God's vessel of being able to do that? So um, then the next thing that Paul talked about, right, is righteousness and self-control, right? Righteousness and self-control. Just reading this a little bit, you see who the kind of man that Felix is, right? He's such an immoral guy, right? Such an immoral guy that Paul had to talk to him about righteousness and self-control. And to do that, I just again want to read from Romans chapter 3, right? So I'll, I'll read from Romans chapter 3, 9 through, just, just, just read a bit of, I think that makes the whole point for me. So I'll, I'll kind of like to just read that. Okay. Well then, are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all both Jews and Greeks under the power of sin. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside together, they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of us is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. And their paths are ruin and misery. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. 19. Now we know that whatever the law says, he speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by the works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Listen to 21. That's the beauty of this, guys. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested. Apart from the law, Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, 
The righteousness of God through faith in Christ Jesus. That's that phrase again. Faith in Christ. For all who believe. There is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And are justified by his grace as a gift. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You know, so Paul is reminding this guy, right? Oh, man, I'm messing it all up. That's good, though. All right. All right. That's all good. Right. Faith in Christ, right? And, and so righteousness and, and self-control. Knowing Jesus will take care of all that. We take care of all that, right? The last thing that Paul talked about is judgment. Again, from verse 25, right? Back in Acts again. Judgment. Judgment. Um, I can tell you that the, the things I'm going to say makes my heart bleed, right? Um, it makes me weep, right? This morning, uh, we were praying together, and Chris was talking about Jesus weeping, and I feel some of that, right? Uh, we know a few weeks ago, in fact, back to back, Brandon talked about God's judgment, right? So probably the Lord wants us to really pay attention to this, right? Judgment. We know in John 5, 22, it says that the Father reserves all judgment to the Son, right? In Hebrews 10, 31, it says it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. Judgment. Judgment. You know, it's so easy for us to talk about God's love. Yeah, we, we talk about it so much, right? You can't talk about God's love without talking about his judgment. They go hand in hand, right? They really go hand in hand. As intense as God's love is, God's judgment is equally as intense, right? And I can tell you, I don't say this next thing just, just so lightly, okay? It, it's... it's it's tough to talk about that God will judge all people someday. He'll judge all nations, right? He'll bring everything to judgment, okay? And sometimes thinking about it, I said, um, you know, Georgia Southern in, in, in a week or so will be having all these exams, right? Can you really go to school without having exams? <laughs> Not at all, right? Uh, our kids have all been having this GMAT stuff, and they hate it. But it's part of the process. And, and what's interesting is how often we as individuals judge a lot of people, right? We judge it all the time. That's why we have prisons, right? To carry out judgment, you know? We're carrying out judgment all the time. We're punishing people all the time. But it's as if God can't judge. No, he can. He can, right? And he will someday, Right? If, if you don't know Jesus, I'm scared for you. And that's a fact, right? If you haven't come to surrender your life to Jesus, I'm really, really scared for you. Because God's judgment is, is going to be swift, it's going to be hard, and it's, it's unimaginable, right? If you don't know Jesus, I plead with you. Give your life to him. Right, because it's the only way we can literally escape the judgment of God. It's through Jesus. There's no other way, right? It doesn't matter how often you pray. It doesn't matter how good you are. None of that, right? Let, let me read to us uh, Revelation chapter 6, right? 
Revelation chapter 6. Fifteen through seventeen. Then the kings of the earth, and the great ones, and the generals, and the rich, and the powerful, and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath, of, of their wrath has come. And who can stand? Can you stand? Do you think you can? I mean, look at coronavirus, right? I mean, we all scared and running, held us scattered. Do you think that with God's judgment you can stand? Not at all, right? We can't. The only way we got a shot is through Jesus. And if you don't know him, I, again, I plead with you. Right? I plead with you. This is your chance, right? Probably he's been speaking to you for, for years, for months. Take it. Okay, yield to him, surrender to him. That's how faith in Christ is about, right? Leading your life to Christ, letting him be Lord and King, that you might follow him. I plead with you, right, guys? It's the reason we learn to reason with the world, right? We we learn to reason with people. Because, you know, they don't know that one day the hammer is going to come, right? One day this world will come to an end. One day this life will come to an end. It doesn't matter how long you live. The young dies, the old dies, right? <laughs> it, it doesn't know the difference between young and old. And I can tell you the longer you live, the more you become hardened, right? If you are kids and you know Christ, thank God, right? It's the best choice you can ever make. Because the older you get, the more you get hardened. As Brandon talks about, your experiences begin to define the way you think and see God, right? But if you are younger and you entrust your life to him, man, the best decision you can ever, ever make. And I thank God for our young people who have committed their lives to Christ. But as, they, as that guy, as, as it has, who can stand, right? God's judgment, right? God's judgment. And, and, and we pray that you know, that none of us would, would fall into that, right? As God's people, he disciplines us. But that's so different, right? That's, that's even cool. He disciplines us because we belong to him. But if you don't know him, I plead with you to, to, to call on Christ and surrender to him. One more, verse, one more scripture I want to read from Lamentation, right? Lamentation, after Jeremiah, so Lamentation 1, and I'll just read it and write Lamentation 18 through 20. The Lord is in the right, for I have rebelled against his word. But hear all you peoples and see my suffering. My young women and my young men have gone into captivity. I called to my lovers, but they deceived me. My priests and elders perished in the city while they sought food to revive their strength. Look, O Lord, for I am in distress. My stomach chains, my heart is wrung within me because I have been very rebellious. In the street, the sword bereaves. In the house, it is like death. This is Jeremiah weeping after Jerusalem has been so devastated. Guys, God doesn't care if it's America, right? 
or whichever country. You know, one of the things we, we pray for our land for is that as a nation, we turn to God. We turn to God, right? That we turn to him. Because God's judgment doesn't know if you are rich or poor, right? Doesn't know if you're America or, or whatever country. One day he'll bring everyone to account for, uh, you know, to bring everyone to account. And we pray that even as a nation, right, that God will have mercy on us, right? Because we've gone way beyond, right? Things that nations have done and God bring down their hammer. <laughs> Man, we've gone way beyond. Probably because of you and me, right? That God is continuing to have mercy on us. And, and, and let's continue to pray that God will have mercy and grace on us, right? So I, as I kind of get closer to the end here, right? We see Felix said, go away for now, right? Go away for now. And, and the weird thing was that he still wants to see him because he wants money. How interesting that is, right? Uh, but church, what did you allow the Lord to do for you today, right? What, what, what would you let him do in your life today? So in, so in a moment, we want to take some time to pray together, right? We want to take some time to invite you to receive prayer. Don't be afraid to come and receive prayer, right? We, we have this, our prayer team, you know, and, and, and leaders all trained and ready. I, I really want you to come so we can pray with you, so we can pray for each other, you know, so we can pray for each other. Uh, one of the things that I do want you to receive prayer for is, is grace, not to be afraid to talk about Jesus, right? That God will break whatever fear it is, whatever it is that uh, if it makes you feel so uncomfortable to talk about Jesus, that God would empower you to be able to do that. The other thing I want you to come and receive prayer for is just for more of God, right? I can tell you the past two, three weeks I've been in these meetings with Brandon and he said, yeah, things are going well, but strangely I'm asking God for more, right? God for more. I said, wow, that's cool. Come, let's pray that God will give you more of himself, more of his grace, more of this faith in Christ that we're talking about, right? More that you can see the world the way God sees the world. Men and women lost who need Jesus, right? If you need something broken in your life, right, Chris will pray for you. God will set you free, you know. Um, so let's, let's, if you don't mind, please rise, right? Um, I, I'd like to invite you to come for prayer, right, to, to come for prayer. So um, prayer team, if you don't mind, if you guys can uh, just, just come over. Um, come, let's pray for you. Right, let's, let's, let's pray. Just... to Jesus, right? 
Lift up your heart to him. Right. Lift up your soul to him. This faith in Christ in his, it works. Right. Lift up your heart to him. Lift up your mind to him. Lift up your family to him. Lift up the direction of your life to him. Just lift up yourself to him. Right. Confess that you want to be more useful to him. That's, he wants to. Right. Ask for his power in your life. Ask for his strength in your life. Ask for his grace in your life. Ask that he might empower you, right? We need to, like John talked last week, we need to walk in that resurrection power each day of our lives, each day that, that, that we can live in this world. It's the only way we can make a difference for him. Why don't you yield it all to him? If you're on the fence, right, some of you might be, especially our young people. If you're on the fence, why don't you yield it all to him? Why don't you call on him?
Praise God. I know when my husband was um, 
he was talking, he, we've all heard it. Before I pray for us, look, we just want to give the opportunity. If you are here and you have not said yes to Jesus, we are so glad that you came to church. That is a good thing. You, it means that you have the longing. You, want, you, are, you are being obedient. You did not stay home, but you came to church. That is a good thing. Good. But there's even better than that. We don't want you to live here. There is nothing to be afraid about when it comes to giving your life to Jesus. It's, a, it's the best thing that can happen to you. Sometimes we just have to forget about ourselves. Forget about who is looking at you. Forget about what somebody would think about you. When it comes to matters of eternity. Okay, I'm not going to talk too much because you're working with time. So right now, if you are here and you know Jesus is working, prompting you, stopping in your heart. You have not done that. You have not given your life to Jesus. I want you to just lift your hands up right now, wherever you are. Just lift your hands up. Lift, just raise your hand and we would love to pray with you. We just don't want you to go home without saying yes to Jesus. And we'll be so happy to celebrate with you this morning. Anybody here like that? Nothing to be ashamed about. Well, that's good news then. It means we all love Jesus. So if we all love Jesus, then it means we have all been called to go in. And that is all we are going to pray right now for. That the Holy Spirit that came upon the disciples, when they were so cold and timid and locked down, when the power of the Holy Spirit descended upon them, Bible tells us the whole place was shaken. Fierce hold was broken. And they went and turned the world upside down. So beloved, let's pray right now. Please bow your head with me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. No, Jesus, when we come unto you, we come unto a living God. The only name that saves. For there is no name under heaven, you know, by which man shall be saved except the name of Jesus. That name that is so powerful that when it's mentioned, every knee bows and every tongue confesses that you are God. For that, that name that is above every name, Lord, that is the name and that is the present that we are bowing to this morning. And we bless you, Father, that the God that you were in the... In the book of Acts, you haven't changed. You are still the same. And you will continue to be the same. So Lord, we know. We really, really want to do your work. We want to go out there. And be excited about things of yours. We want to avail ourselves to be used, Father. But sometimes fear grips us. But we know that you have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of sound mind. And that is what the Holy Spirit does on us, in us, Lord. And so I pray right now in Jesus' name, Holy Ghost, that you descend upon us, break through every thought of fear, break through any 
anything that causes us to feel insecure. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, hoover, hoover. Anything that causes us to cling on to our comfort. I pray right now in Jesus' name that it all be broken in the mighty name of Jesus. Will you equip us more, Lord? Stare yourself up in us. And as you do, Father, that you break off anything that holds us captive. Lord, break chains off, Lord Jesus. And free us. For your way says that if the Son shall set us free, we shall be free indeed, Lord. Free to do the things that you are calling us to do. Free to freely worship you and not be ashamed. Free to freely proclaim you, Father. In the name of Jesus, will you fill us this morning? We refuse to leave the way we came because we know nobody comes to you and lives the same. We pray your protection over every one of us here and even those watching online as you continue to do your healing work, as you break through sickness, as you, we, we lift up a standard against the power of COVID in the name of Jesus. Let the blood speak better words, Lord. Let it bring healing, Father. We pray that you protect us. We pray, Father, you perfect that which concerns us. But above all else, Jesus, that you draw us in and give us confidence, Father, even to tell others about who you are. Father, to, to just share the excitement that we have, Father, even in you with others that will not be selfish, Father. That is what your spirit does in us. We are living here, Father, even blessed and even under your favor because you are faithful. We love you this morning, Lord, even in Jesus' name. Amen.